Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, for a thousand years we have waited for the perfect beer. And behold, we have failed. And with our dying chug, we will bear witness to the end of days. Uh, don't you think you're being a little bit melodramatic? I mean, shit, maybe. Let's just start the show. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to our 139th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. Tonight in the final entry of Hops and Jingle Bell Flops, we ring in the new year with a visit from Satan. It's the not so... (laughs) It's the not so classic 1999 Arnold Schwarzenegger film End of Days. Arnold. So Captain Cash, who's not here tonight, and tried his damnedest to get me to spend five dollars by switching his movie from Eight Crazy Nights to Strange Days, uh, which is not available to stream anywhere, which I thought was super weird. Uh, you know what happens when you decide not to show up? I pick an Arnold movie because I own all of them. <laughs> can we? Uh, can you give the listener a rundown? Because I have no idea what even Strange Days is. So Strange Days is like this trippy, futuristic movie that's set during New Year's starring Ralph Fiennes and Angela Bassett. And it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who won a friggin' Oscar for Best Director. And obviously she did Point Break. She did Zero Dark Thirty. I have no idea why one of her films would be unavailable, especially one that was after Point Break. I feel like it should be more well-known. I've never heard of it. I have no idea what even is involved in Strange Days. It flopped real hard. (laughs) It made $4 million or something. So that was like a real flop. End of Days is sort of a flop because it made money, but it was also just savaged by the critics. But also, who gives a shit? It's Arnold and it's the end of year. Let's have some fun. Yeah. So along with me for this journey into hell is the man who blends pizza, liquor, Chinese food, and Pepto-Bismol, Mayor McCheese. I want to remind the listener, if you haven't seen that movie, that Arnold takes a good, I'd say, 15 seconds to think about the pizza that's on the floor and then determine that it's a good idea to add to his coffee and liquor breakfast. Guy's got to eat. Got to get his energy up. He's, you know, hanging out of helicopters. Uh, I mean, and again, that's one of those random Arnold jokes that it lands perfectly for someone who loves Arnold like us, where he chugs it and then looks at Kevin Pollock and he's like, most important meal of the day. (laughs) And I'm like, God damn it, Arnold. (laughs) True story, Arnold, uh, who obviously still works out pretty actively. He's a monster. (laughs) The secret to protein shakes is to uh, put schnapps in them. So. Hey, I mean, when you're that hella jacked and you're like legitimately a good human, do whatever you want. You're doing a great job. Whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. When you're giving away, what, $250,000 of houses to homeless veterans? um, Yeah. Yeah. You can drink whatever you want in the morning. I don't give a shit. You're a great human being. Whatever goes with that vanilla bean, you know, have at it. (laughs) 
uh, not joining us tonight is everyone else because they're all dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I understand this movie's not good, but it's it's not, it's bad not that bad to just not show up. Yeah, I mean, it is no nutcracker. No. Uh, so points for order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beyond Flops, and you can find Wabam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, end of days is free on amazon prime or like me you could dust off your vintage 1999 dvd and squint hard enough to make it look hd fun fact this is the last film ever printed to laser disc i want is there we talked a lot on the last ernie you guys talked a lot on the last pod about the fuck face card is there a like a growing value on a end of days laser disc have you looked into ebay for that I can't imagine it's worth a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> Considering how much I just bought a series of Arnold movies for digitally. Oh, God. Can't imagine the laser disc is fetching a high price. I'll take a look for you. Maybe it'll be your uh, late Christmas present from May. For sure, yeah. Could use it as like, uh, you know, like a cookie tray. <laughs> uh, what, are the, what, are they, what do they call those things? Lazy Susan? You like put a, a spinny wheel underneath. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Like a shot tray. There you go. Yeah. So now let's talk beer. Tonight we're drinking Firestone Walkers 805. Firestone Walker, I mean, sort of devilish, I suppose. Uh, That's a local California beer. That's a light, refreshing ale created for the laid-back California lifestyle. Very easy drinking, and it can be enjoyed anywhere. It does carry a Captain Cash disapproved 4.7 ABV. Uh, This is a really good California beer. I definitely give it three movies three bad movies i would i would sit through it it's very light and refreshing yeah i had no availability of getting this so i am of course drinking too hard which is a three beer movie or three movie beer for me way more refreshing than gabriel burns urine which is apparently just gasoline <sighs> that scene there's we'll get into it in the plot there's several scenes where i'm like god damn it <laughs> it could have been done so much better but the scene where he pisses and then kills kevin pollock sort of the p not only is it the most p in the world but it travels it travels the most ridiculous path to get to kevin pollock when he's the fucking devil just kill him it seems like why are you trying to why are you trying to like who are you misleading with your fire explosion b i don't i don't really understand it especially because he at one point punches through udo kier's head oh yeah it's super mad he gets super mad at the dude who set him up from tip to tail and then punches straight through his head. I was like, I don't know. Maybe just go drag him out of the window and light him on fire or something. Like, I have several devil-related questions that we need to get through in this plot. Because I feel like we're towing a lot of random lines on devilry in the movies. So I don't know which one we're supposed to abide to. But let's keep going. The, the laws of the devil in this movie make absolutely no sense. I know two things. He has to pee a lot and he's super horny. And like, but only it seems, well, no, not in visions, because the first one, he gropes the girl, but apparently by doing so, plants a bomb. <laughs> that, yeah, that's. Blows and then up we the get the weird, we get the weird Mighty Morphin Power Ranger scene, <laughs> which I think is a vision and not an actual scene. So Yeah, that's like a vision. The, the like the Voltron uh, threesome, <laughs> where they just start blending together to create one super threesome 
Yeah, and I mean, I have even more thoughts and comments on this, but I want to save them for the plot because they're towards the end where it kind of starts to unravel where you could have done this movie. Again, this is one of those ones that I think could have been done so much better. I still like it because I love Arnold, but damn it. Yeah. It's All so right. close to being good. Before we go too far into the uh, the laws of the devil, let's get into <laughs> the, the specifics of the movie. This was directed by Peter Himes. Uh, he was also the director of Sudden Death, so welcome back. And if you recall, he also directed Time Cop. Two solid movies. Time Cop, free on Prime. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen Time Cop, there's a lot of other things I need to talk to you about. Time Cop, also what? a movie where people morph into each other. Why you've made so many poor life decisions to not have seen Time Cop by now. Yeah, if you haven't seen Van Damme with a mullet doing splits on a counter... What have you been doing with your life? There was a stretch of time where we literally referred to the time cop <laughs> paradox uh, in our day-to-day life when we were in college. Like, uh, can't touch each other when you go back in time. Remember time cop. Yeah. And it just is like sort of followed us through life because so many people we run into <laughs> look like you. <laughs> God so damn it. It's always in play. Uh, Schwarzenegger actually later said they thought Himes was the wrong director for the film. Quote, he said, he did not have the potential, I think, visually and intellectually to really do something with that movie, but he was recommended by James Cameron. So he thought, well, he must know. I, I'm not sure it's the direction that's the issue with this movie. I think it's the script, but. Well, and, and I, I didn't want to jump too hard on ruining your trivia, but the one thing I did read, which I didn't think was too deep, was apparently Arnold thought the first run through, but he had no correction to it. It was just way too dark and not like grooty and emotional, like just visually dark. <laughs> and they're like, well, we've already shot the entire movie. We can't fix that. <laughs> yeah, apparently Himes really likes shooting at night, which is also a James Cameron thing. But I don't know, like in HD and 4K, like I didn't think the movie was particularly muddled. It was dark, but I mean, again, I I, I watched it on Prime, so it wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't a DVD I had to knock the dust off of, but it didn't look so dark where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. This is, you know, it wasn't like Silent Hill Resident Evil where you're like, oh, just wait for the jump scares, I guess. If I was going to compare it to a dark movie in lighting, Doom, like Doom, you couldn't see anything. This movie doesn't have that problem. You can see things. Yeah, like, yeah, it comes off dark, but I would not say that that is a point that I would say, hey, we need a new director because it wasn't that bad no and i mean in fact it it could have had way worse directors which we'll talk about uh it stars arnold arnold you're a fucking choir boy compared to me schwarzenegger as jericho kane getting the chopper (laughs) yeah you've got robin empire records tunny as christine york gabriel the usual suspect burn as the man aka satan you've got kevin another usual suspect pollock as bobby chicago which god great name You've got Victor Vornado of Pluto Nash fame showing up as a homeless devil worshiper. Is that the white haired guy? Yeah, he's the he's called the albino. That that was fucking weird for two seconds. You've got uh, Derek Father Everett from Daredevil the movie uh, O'Connor. I guess he was typecast because he's just the crusading priest Thomas Aquinas in this. The most priesty name of all priesty names. Yeah. And in his last American studio film role, 
You've got Rod Mars Attacks Steiger as Father Kovac. So how do we name Schwarzenegger Jericho Kane? And we don't lean into that at all. And we just call him Jer the entire movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. They named him Jericho, which is definitely from the fucking Bible. And don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I'm not a very religious person. Come on, Jer. I don't know a lot about the movie or about the Bible, but the whole movie, they're like, Jer, why are you so this and that? And I'm like, um, and it was one of those things where I didn't even realize that wasn't his name. I paused it because Amazon Prime is Amazon Prime. It shows the actors and their names. And it said Jericho Kane. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like his name's Jericho. He actually has two Bible names. Yeah. Jericho and Kane. Not sure why they went that route. I, I do know that the movie was written specifically for Tom Cruise. Yeah. And Tom uh, Cruise decided to do Magnolia. And we can talk a little bit about that later. Is this a better or worse movie with Tom Cruise? No, I would we'll get, fall uh, we'll, on one side of the fence on that. We'll get to that after the plot. Yeah. All right. We're about to get into the numbers of this movie. But first, I've got to welcome the devil in disguise himself, Shamsilla who arrived late because he was participating in a weird threesome where people were morphing into each other. Oh, also he blew up a restaurant and urinated so hard it blew a man up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I made the mistake of trying to watch Devil's Advocate instead of this movie. So you said threesomes and devils. I get confused. My bad, but I've seen it of days now, so I'm on the same page. I spent a lot of time playing Devils May Cry and didn't realize that I was not supposed to do that. Or you were watching (laughs) Constantine and realized you were in a Keanu movie and not an Arnold movie. Wait, we're doing The Matrix 4, right? Wait, what's... Never mind. I think that's next week. We're doing uh, the the third day. It's the day that Arnold rises again. The sixth day is the sequel to the third day. Uh, (laughs) I hope it's a sequel. (laughs) so this movie wasn't technically a flop. On a budget of $100 million, it made $212 million worldwide. Only 669 of that came in North America. It was destroyed, as I mentioned, by the critics. <laughs> it sits at 11% on Rotten Tomatoes with 102 reviews. It has a Metacritic of 33 and a Rotten Tomato user score of 32. Cinema score, which is a grade assessed by moviegoers as they exit the cinema, Gave it a B minus. Folks, if you're not familiar with Cinema Score, B minus is not good. It's bad. I'm mostly intrigued on where this picked up the other $140 million <laughs> since it only made 60 in the States. Arnold's always been a very big draw in Europe and Asia. Huh? Well, I mean, always. And this is a 1999 film. So this is really before the Chinese market was a huge, huge draw. Yeah. So. This has to be mostly Europe. Well, I mean, you know that like every, for some odd reason, every Resident Evil movie cleans up in Mexico and all the other uh, Latin America countries. I don't know why, but it does. So I didn't know if there's like some part of the world that's not Arnold related that is obsessed with devil movies since this is right in that wheelhouse. Well, the Vatican bought out several theaters rousing applause from the pope and all his good buddies yeah it sold out house houses the cardinals the bishops really getting into it whooping and hollering lots did of you, uh, lots of jericho for president signs did you give oh, us yeah. who, did you give us who played the pope because this wasn't oh, that it's, uh, yeah i have it in in the plot uh that's mark Margalis. he's What's in he oz from? and he's also I- in breaking bad 
I remember seeing him. And I'm like, fuck, I know that dude. I know he's from something, but I cannot remember it. In Breaking Bad, he's the dude that's in the wheelchair. Essentially, he, he had a yeah. stroke or whatever, and he plants the bomb to he have him the, kill yeah, Gus he, Fring. Yeah. He, he rings the bell. Spoilers. But in Oz, he's uh, he's a great character in Oz. He uh, Kevin takes Pollack? over the Italian mob. No, Mark Margali. <laughs> Get out of so, here. Let's describe this movie in one sentence. We'll start with Chumpzilla, who's got an empty bladder now after killing Kevin Pollock. How would you describe this? Uh, Satan sleeps with the Terminator. Okay. I mean, they don't really uh, sleep together. They consummate the relationship via sword. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think that's the end of their Spoilers. Yeah, it is the end of their relationship. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a movie. Uh, McCheese. Uh, all I have is Devil Went Dad to Midtown. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys remember the old skit. I think it was Will Sasso. It was on Mad TV, and he was, he was doing Arnold, talking about this movie where he was going to be a gorilla. And he's it's my super big monkey movie. So this would be, this is my super big antichrist movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's solid Arnold. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great Arnold, but solid enough. It's a pretty good Arnold. The actual description, by the way, this is not, it's a very big religious allegory for Y2K, which is like laughably stupid, but which it is, is. such a It's such a huge 1999 movie in that regard. That's yes, the one that really yeah. dates it. It's so Y2K. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, of course the world's going to end. It's they even mention it in the one random flyover where they're like, and all the computers are going to end the world tonight. The biggest party in New York. <laughs> yeah. The actual IMBD description is at the end of the century, Satan visits New York in search of a bride. It's up to an ex-cop who now runs an elite security outfit to stop him. By the way, I was really unclear of what his job actually was because he is just a functioning alcoholic who wants yep. to kill himself. And yet he's being hired to like protect really important people. It made almost no sense to me. Yeah, they don't. There's a lot of background we don't get until satan brings it up at some point and even in this you know description i didn't see him as running this security outfit i mean kevin pollock calls him to get his ass out of bed and not kill himself to go do the next job so i thought he just worked for him but then he goes in later and gets every single gun in the place and no one's like hey man you can't check out grenade launcher rounds (laughs) they don't lay a, a ton of groundwork for his backstory there uh, in terms of like what he actually does for work. But they but lay it's the, clear he's a, like an ex-cop though. They, they do make that clear. They lay the, until Satan shows up, they lay the groundwork of Arnold sad, Arnold want to die, but Arnold uh-huh. still has job. Yeah. So let's get into the plot actually. Uh, Cause in 1979, the Pope played by the aforementioned Mark Regalis, dispatches his crew of super priests to locate the girl who, if the devil makes sexy time with, will bring about the end of days. Fast forward 20 years, and Satan does indeed arrive in New York City just three days prior to New Year's. He inhabits the body of an investment banker, Gabriel Byrne, and promptly does devil shit, i.e. groping a woman and blowing up a restaurant, which is what McCheese and I were talking about when we said, we don't really get what the devil's powers are or why he's such a hornball, but he is. Well, 
what what confused me was i mean in other devil lore movies when the devil is in mortal form he's vulnerable and i thought that played out here because the devil immediately hires a bodyguard agency to follow him around so i'm like oh so the devil can't get hurt but then i'm think back 20 seconds i'm like but wait a minute he was just in a fucking explosion so like what devil playing field are we on here what can he do or not do i don't know and then we his, come to find out he can do whatever the fuck he wants it yeah matter. his mortal form doesn't matter at all either which also doesn't make sense and maybe was the investment banker the guy who just hired them originally but then why would thomas aquinas know he was the de- but why would he take the investment movie, baker and not one of the random super yeah. culty people who kidnapped the girl from birth <laughs> yeah if you think about this movie too much, it does fall apart, which is why I choose not to. Anyway, over to Jericho Kane, disgraced booze-riddled ex-cop. He's set to protect the same investment banker. Weird. From angry investors, I guess. Of course, this is actually Gabriel Byrne, who Thomas Aquinas attempts to kill, which sets our whole movie in motion. You know, because Kane, in what is one of the more needless action scenes I've ever seen, because the scale of this movie and what this movie is doing. It's just so bizarre that he's chasing an elderly priest across rooftops while dangling from a helicopter, but I'm here for it. I'm, I'm in on it. So there's a lot of questions that come up as you're watching this, but still I can, I can gloss over a lot of it because Arnold's here. Exactly. There are definitely parts of this movie that only make sense because it stars Arnold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah 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 that yeah that makes sense um, i am watching an arnold schwarzenegger movie i i can accept that yeah Moving on. there's a chopper he's dangling from it i yeah i get it i, I mean oh this. my god oh, i i meant to <laughs> got I, to the chopper yeah i meant to actually write down notes on how i'm no professional security agent i would assume the bulletproof vest is a must i didn't think that the bulletproof vest or whatever else attachment comes with a hook that you can quickly put into the well, you're not repel- the repelling helicopter rope, and that you have your trench coat that also goes around that hook opening, and then you can swoop down and video game style grab. When the, was the, that, when was the last time you were protecting an investment banker in New York City? I guess never, but I'm not Arnold, so yeah, exactly. So Arnold does catch. Thomas Aquinas, who babbles about the end of days, which should be impossible because apparently Aquinas cut out his own tongue. But his hoarder house does clue them into the girl, Christine York. Her parents died or were murdered, and she was adopted by the creepy nurse who brought her down to Udo Kier's den of snakes and devil shit. Yeah, that was super weird. They're essentially keeping her safe until the devil can have sex with her. That's like that's their entire life's mission. Uh, there's there's three groups of people in this movie. There's one group of churchy people who want to kill her because it seems like the quickest ends to a means. There's one group of churchy people who want to keep her alive because faith is the only thing that saves you. And then there's the devil people who have been they've been at it since the jump. I mean, they got her day zero, and they're just kind of shepherding her towards the devil who is super pissed when they're not the best at their job. Yeah, like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, what the fuck? All you had to do is have a ready. Like, what are you doing? I will say, we're jumping ahead in the plot, though. The Arnold and the nurse fight scene was 
one of the best oh uh, that's i have because <laughs> I, yeah. I do have a question about the best action scene and i have a very fond place in my heart for him <laughs> just beating the shit out of the five foot woman with the curly hair bullshit she gets <laughs> like she <laughs> for someone who has no business fighting arnold she fucking takes him to the woodshed i don't know who the stunt double was but they did a great job <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, oh. Kane discovers weird shit is afoot when he sees an exor- exorcism happening, and he goes in search of Christine. Satan, who's on the other side of town, strings up Thomas Aquinas while Kane and Chicago fight with the righteous folk in a scene that can only be described as like a blatant ripoff of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where these righteous crusaders are coming to prevent them from. Well, they want to kill Christine because if she's dead then the devil can't have sex with her. But it's really the, the guys who are like, you can't go find the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail must be protected. Like, they're the same people. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're, again, the competing, the three-sided triangle of competing parties for this lady's future is kind of annoying because if they would, if two of the church side would communicate, they probably would have done a better job than the devil side. I gotta be honest. Yeah, the the... This is 1999, and the devil folk don't seem particularly equipped. I mean, like at one point, Christine's like talking to Arnold. And she's like, "Oh, you, your mom has your stepmom has a lot of books." She's like, "Yeah, she doesn't really read them." It's like, it's like, what does she do then? She said, "She said 20 years to do nothing but make sure that you don't, you know, leave." That was her job. Is like you need to be ready for when Gabriel Byrne shows up to have a really full bladder. God and a high libido. Yeah. So, when you say ridiculous, I think the most ridiculous scene in the movie is that Kane actually steals one of these books, and he must be a speed reader because he discovers all the mysteries to ancient religious mumbo jumbo. And this is just before he goes toe to toe with the five foot <laughs> mother in law who loves Satan. Uh, during which Chicago gets set ablaze by Satan's pee, and this, of course, part of the pun leads us into the end game. Uh, there's loads of exposition with Father Kovac. Uh, Cain has a crisis of conscience while being tempted by Satan. And then Cain's chivalrous change of heart. He must save Christine. Because if Satan gave his family back, they wouldn't be his real family. I've mm-hmm. got to save the day. Mm-hmm. All right. That mm-hmm. change leads him to be crucified in the streets, which is a rough. I, I like that scene a lot, but that's a pretty rough visual. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. Yeah, but, but he yeah. survives to save Christine yet again from the Satan sex ritual, which is probably the best action scene of the film as they go down through the subways in New York and he blows Gabriel Byrne's body to fucking hell with a grenade launcher and it it's pretty cool practical effect. I have a yeah. question here. I have a pretty solid question here. So. We, we are told several times throughout the movie that this uh, Satan coming to the world ritual has to happen within one hour of the end of the day, Gregorian calendar bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So they tell us it's like 1115 and there's a bunch of people chanting in a basement. And then Satan is talking to Empire Records and like he's trying to creepily seduce her. He's the fucking devil. Like. If your goal is to get this thing done and bring to the end of days, like just fucking get it done. Like he's sitting there like, you know, you love me. You know, you've always loved me. 
And Arnold's just in the audience creepily, you know, trying to edge his way closer and closer so he can shoot him with a grenade launcher. Yeah. So when when Gabriel Byrne's body gets too mangled and then he inhabits Arnold body, Arnold's body, because this is how the movie ends. Uh, and Arnold ends up sacrificing himself on the sword. <laughs> I never laughed harder. Uh, I really hate this scene for a number of reasons. <laughs> because the Arnold ripping her clothes as he prepares to like rape her, I'm like, you know, couldn't like we have him struggle before doing all this? This is really unsettling. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> there's a lot of unnervy, rapey stuff that happens. It's in like, this movie. what the we fuck, man? Yeah, they take that angle like a beat too far. Like, yes, just a little bit too far. Like, if you yeah. turn the corner a little bit sooner, I like I had forgotten about that. I remembered most of this movie very well, but I'd forgotten like how aggressive that got. And I was just like, I don't like to watch. Arnold's one of my favorite actors. I think he's the greatest action star of all time. I have a huge issue when I have to watch Arnold get romantic on screen, let alone forcefully romantic. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. like it. It doesn't work it, for me. Because it's not with you. <laughs> I'm here to watch. <laughs> Stop it. I'm here to watch Arnold kick ass, <laughs> take names. That's it. it. It's probably one of the most unnecessarily late 90s aspects of the movie they had to make sure it was extra sexually aggressive there just to drive home the point yeah, yeah. it's unco- it's uncomfortable at best by the way in case you were curious what the devil was going to do to her here it is yeah <laughs> in case we didn't make that abundantly clear when he had a weird <laughs> fever dream threesome with the daughter and wife of udo kier who he then punches a hole through his face yeah, for the four people in the audience who don't understand what the word consummate means. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so that's the movie. He sacrifices himself. He saves the day. Uh, I'd kind in, of the most, rem- in the most Arnold way possible where he looks at the sword. Yeah. He does an introspective second and then he does and jumps directly on the fucking sword. Yeah. I'm really surprised he didn't give us the thumbs up as he slid down. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I would be remiss if I if I didn't mention I think that the special effects and the practical effects in this movie are actually really good but I like when the devil is flying through the city and he's sort of uh, he's opaque like you can see him but you can see through him I like watching the the visage of the devil before it inhabits Gabriel Byrne and when it goes after Arnold I think that the special effects were really good in this movie but that's also probably why it cost a hundred million dollars also they blew up a shitload of cars they didn't have to two things here one while that looked good the whole time all i could think of oh the devil's the predator um and then two what did not work for me at all was whenever the churches were having their devil earthquakes and it was just the dude with the camera doing this oh just shaking the camera just shaking the fucking camera the entire time i'm like all right can we i'm gonna puke if you don't stop this Yeah. yeah um the CGI at the end is not very strong, though. It's very like PS2 cutscene esque. Oh, the devil doesn't that. look terribly bad. The devil no. looks okay, not great, but not like it's 1999, so I'm not judging super hard. That's kind of a compliment for the time, but it's the CGI it at the end is kind of rough. It's it ambitious. I'll argue it's ambitious, but I, I'm not sure I would say it holds up. But yeah. Whatever. Well, the stuff earlier is better. I think at the end when they have to really rely on it for like the whole scene or like you know big segments of the scene, it's like yeah, ooh. Yeah. But 
Yeah, in small doses, it's not bad. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to find it weird that I have to say this. While it's creepily unnecessary, and I don't even know why it's part of the movie, the threesome morphing scene actually looks decent for mm. CGI. Definitely doesn't need to be in the fucking movie whatsoever. Uh, no, it serves no purpose. Zero. Is that no your daughter purpose. and wife? And like, uh-oh. And then it's her fever dream of the devil or something yeah it's uh yeah i didn't like i didn't like it it didn't look bad but i didn't like it yeah so how many beers are required i'll start zero i love end of days i think it's badass and that's why i own it on dvd (laughs) you own every arnold movie on dvd don't it's such a guilty pleasure of mine i saw it in theaters i it's it's certainly not the worst of his later run of movies i actually have a recommendation that's way worse I feel like this is probably so, close to me and you seeing it in the theaters, but I don't remember if we saw it in theaters together or not. But I just don't understand. Well, I can, I can tell you why Arnold did this movie. It's because this Funny. is the first movie he'd done in two years. Uh, studios were reluctant to hire him. They didn't want to insure him because he had just had heart surgery uh, not long after Batman and Robin. And so he was taking projects that probably weren't the best. Although this was written for Tom Cruise, as I said, but yeah, it's just a really weird movie to have him in. And like, I don't know if it's the writing or Arnold or just missteps, but like there's a lot of uh, background information to his character that is somewhat necessary to understand his motivations. And we don't get any of it until like an hour and 20 into the movie. <laughs> like I have no idea why he wants to kill himself. We don't know what he's done in the past and all that other shit or why he should be the good guy. And I don't know if they took a lot of that out because it's Arnold and they didn't want to have to spend too much time and energy on it or if it's just shitty writing. I think there's somewhere out there there's probably a director's cut of this that more effectively creates these characters. I think he's fine. The girl's not really fine at all. Like, you know, she's the central character and the most you get out of her is that she has weird visions. Yeah, but you could even have played up her, pe- like, you only kind of understand that, like, unless you pay attention to it, you don't know that her stepmom is the nurse until they mention it, unless you kind of get the resemblance. So, like, you could have played up the devil cult in her background a little more. Um, you could have played up Arnold's background a little bit better and maybe sharpen the pencil, if you will, on the movie. Sure. Well, how many beers? Oh, that? oh in terms of um, two, over two hours is a little rough considering it drags a lot. I, four, three to four. Um, I say three enjoyment beers. I presume uh, I'll give you two pain, one enjoyment. I, I, do like the movie i just feel like they could have done it better it was kind of one of those i was texting with you it's kind of one of those like eh, it's okay i love arnold i'll definitely watch him in almost anything but it feels so underutilized it just doesn't feel like an arnold movie for me and i'm <laughs> i appreciate that he took the swing and tried to do something way different and not just do the yeah. same action man thing and that's probably why i like this movie because then he you know preceded this with several movies that were just shittier versions of movies he'd already done 
before he ended up retiring and becoming governor. But Terminator 3, for example, I like Terminator 3, but it's just a shittier version of the Terminator movies that he went back to the well because he didn't think he could draw any other way anymore, I think. So this movie's at least a shot. Like it's, you're taking a big chance with this. And it didn't necessarily work, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a huge stretch, but I would agree it's not your standard Arnold formula. And uh, I think part of this movie suffers because of that. Because whenever you see Arnold on the screen, you have certain expectations for what's going to come, right? And this movie is not your standard Arnold fare. So, it's a little, uh, as an audience, uh, you're kind of not sure what to do with it exactly because it's uh, to your point, Michi is like there are connections with the characters. The, the plot's supposed to be somewhat clever as to why they're all intertwined, and it's just like, but it doesn't work really as a standalone. Like the script's not so strong, the movie's great. It's also not Commando, where a presence like Arnold can just carry a blah script it's 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 kind of a weird middle ground so i'll give it three beers most enjoyment i mean it uh, it feels like a very 90s movie so if that has any nostalgia value for you at all you that will tickle your nostalgia you know uh brain regions i mean i think we joked when we were texting earlier this is part of a string of like weird uh slightly horny apocalyptic 90s movies it's <laughs> mostly know. slightly horning devil movies the devil yeah, is yeah. Like devil movies the yeah. devil everyone devil movies get really big in the late 90s early through, odds, the, yeah. through the mid 2000s and i don't know why and then they were pl- replaced by uh the the houses there's something wrong with the house or <laughs> yeah. possession movies so, so so this was arnold's horny devil movie and uh T-Dubs, here's my question for you. On rewatch, would you rather rewatch this or Eraser? Oh, Eraser, 100%. Eraser, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got James Caan. Uh, I like the, Gabriel Byrne. It's got the this, Eraser but... gun, which is essentially the sniper scope from but, you fucking Halo. If I'm going to watch something, you know, I'm going to watch the poor man's version of True Lies, not the poor man's version of... Constantine? The Exorcist <laughs> with, with priests who are also assassins. <laughs> lord all right so did you did you give us beers chumzilla yeah he gave us I three did. i said three okay oh, i don't so know if he said pain fair. or i don't know if he said playing or enjoyment I, I, mostly enjoyment come on it's two hours long and and uh you pointed that out my cheese this movie has no business being two hours long no. it could have been two hours long if they flushed out the character development better but they didn't it was a lot they of didn't. P stuff <laughs> so All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to hear from our beer bros over at Hot Nation USA. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions uh, about this movie. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Uh, Hello and welcome back to the 139th episode of Hops and Box Office Slots. And we are talking the Arnold Schwarzenegger 1999 devil classic end of days. 
number one, I think we've sort of addressed this. Is this movie fixable? If so, how would you do it? I I like it. I think it's a it's definitely a 90s movie. I just don't know what you could do with with the elements they had to make it any better than it already is. I think well, it's just one of those movies that is most people are gonna think is mediocre. And if you can find uh enjoyment in it then you will but if not you're, there's nothing that's going to yeah. change about this it's going to turn around well i i'm going to go back to to my beer rating and, and what mccheese really started and say that i think there's two ways you approach this either you pump up the action and use arnold because that's your star and you tweak the movie in that regard or you go the other direction and you emphasize the backstory and some of the psycho- more psychological quote-unquote angles with it and beef up the script and make it a little creepier and, and lean harder into that supernatural angle. You can still use Arnold if that's your star, but you lean away from the physicality and more into like the psychological horror side of things. Which this movie is kind of like, they, they try. This, yeah. I still think this movie is just kind of middle of the road. It's like, it's not super big on the action. It's also not super creepy on like the religious horror. It's like, you need to lead a, lean harder one way or the other and make this more of a genre flick. And that's, that's my point. Like, He's a weird choice to be the star of this movie. He is. He really because is. Because when I watch this, and I, to this day, when the devil-worshipping cult is surrounding him in the streets, I think about it as, okay, he's going to brain at least 30 of these dudes <laughs> before they take him out. But he really only gets like four or five, which means to me like, oh, yeah, this wasn't written as an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie because it wasn't. Right. And if you, you know, if you beef that up, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, this this rules. Right. That seems it feels like it's the setup for a big action scene. And instead and, he he decks one guy, yeah. he does another couple moves, and then he's overwhelmed. It's like, no, no, Arnold's never overwhelmed. This whole character is written for broken cop and not Arnold. Like <laughs> those are not the same, and they will never be the same characters. You're not gonna have Arnold be the broken cop who can't perform superhero feats yes like yeah. that, that needs to be a different actor and no it's not going to be tom cruise find somebody else well that's my question because i said it was written for tom cruise which it was and i said he chose to work on magnolia strong move for him because that's one of his best movies and i, I mean how do you not work with paul thomas anderson but is it better it, it, or so, worse so wait, he, he did he did a movie with the with the uh no, not, evil guy? not paul ws anderson paul thomas anderson licorice pizza guy wait is this the movie where that rains frogs yes oh, okay yeah actually i thought you were going to say something silly again but that is the movie. <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say that, that was a very that was a very fairly short chumzilla joke yeah, yeah well no it's, it's what with uh philip uh philip uh philip seymour hoffman right and philip i've tried yes. philip philip, and philip. philip and i've philip. tried to watch that i've actually never philip. made it all the way through philip uh, yeah, Philip Seymour, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is the star of Licorice Pizza, by the way. Oh, no kidding! Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, wow. I think this movie is way worse with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I agree. Because then there's no uh, sort of unintentional hilarity to it. <laughs> well, again, Tom Cruise is good at some action, but not Arnold action. And, ah. and the script again is not fully flushed out for someone to put a lot of depth or breath into um, Jericho Kane's backstory. So what the fuck is Tom going to Tom Cruise going to do with his time? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I hate to be a contrarian here, but yeah, I don't see how Tom Cruise hurts this movie. 
Well, it might feel a little bit different, but I totally, I don't see any action in this movie being like, oh, I can't see Tom Cruise doing it. This is such an Arnold thing. No, it, it was kind of generic in that regard. He would have okay. been fine. It's not, Wesley not, Snipes would have been fine. Uh, Will Smith would have been fine. Keanu Reeves would have been fine. This movie is not, not that okay, specific. But here's my counterpoint. Sure. Imagine Tom Cruise standing on his Apple mm-hmm. box uh-huh. saying, you're a fucking choir boy compared to me. Doesn't work. Arnold yelling to the devil, you're a fucking choir boy compared to me. That works. Wait, was that Arnold or Christopher Walken? Do that again. I, I don't want to do it again for fear <laughs> of ruining the magic that it just yeah. contained, but... Uh, Tom Cruise cannot pull that line off. I I can see Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man doing that. I'm sorry, it would be fine. But I can't see I can't see Tom Cruise doing the somewhat hokey helicopter grab. A la, I don't know. Have you seen Minority Report? There's a lot of wire work in Minority Report. That I like that movie, but holy shit, that scene in the I, okay. In in my opinion, <laughs> it's a lot of wire work. <laughs> in my opinion, Tom Cruise does not make this better. I will say that Wesley Snipes, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued sure. on a Blade Wesley Snipes in this role instead of Arnold. And to be fair, I'm not saying Tom Cruise makes this better. I'm just saying he doesn't make it worse. I okay, mean, I'm sure we All can right. find a lot of. I mean, people. I think I think that's an unpopular opinion here. But no, yeah, I'm here if, for the hot you know, takes, folks. You really want Jericho Kane to be five foot four? I guess <laughs> you know. Do you want? I mean, I guess then the fight with the mother-in-law is like a lot more. Oh, they could like have the evenly matched. You know, it's yeah. a little more evenly matched. I'm yeah. not gonna lie to you. If that if that nurse can beat the absolute shit out of Arnold, she is oh, going she's, to kill Tom, dude, Tom Cruise. Cruise's toast. <laughs> He's, he's getting the, tossed out the he's window. He's in the street with both arms broken while yeah. she's like, you stay the fuck out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, now here's the added benefit, though. If you get Tom Cruise for this movie in the final showdown, it doesn't have to be just one-on-one him and the devil. He can call Xenu in for backup. That's so. true. You know, yeah, actually, just saying, he can't Tom align Cruise all of his things. Sacrificing his body means nothing because his thieves will leave that body and occupy a new one just like Satan would. So then would the fight ever end or would it just be a roving fight between Satan and the thieves? Or does the last 45 minutes just spiral into a Scientology promo where they're like, if you're OT level seven, you can kill the devil. Do you think like there's a scene with him in the room with the Pope just explaining how you can't help people. I'm the only one that can really help people. And and to your point about the Thetans and and that final showdown and the battle never ending, Dude, that is absolutely franchise fodder right here. Now we've okay. got secrets. All right. Well, like, all right. We've just, we've just, this is just printing money. At this you point. realize the best part of this is there's a version of this that is only shot and shown to the Scientology community. That is the same movie, <laughs> but Tom Cruise and Scientology. They've just, they've just worked, oh. they've just edited Tom Cruise scenes into it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's just literally every scene is help me help you. That just goes to whatever's happening. T-Dubs, I know you have a ton of questions here, but I just remembered one. I want to get it off my brain before it kills me. Why did the entire movie take a bunch of like 90s metal music and turn it down to like a volume two and just play it in the background? Like it to me, it seemed like they thought if they played it low enough, they didn't have to pay the royalties. <laughs> <It was> definitely. Because <laughs> the first while there, I'm like, 
I think that's Rob Zombie. Is that why oh, yeah, he was in this there. movie? And he I'm like, there, but yeah. why is it not loud at all? Like, there's more street noise than there is background music, and it happens the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, some <laughs> of that. Yeah, I don't know why they went with that, uh, but it was weird. Like there was oh, what, what is what is Rob Zombie's brother's band, Monster Man Five Thousand? Is that right? Power Man, Power Man. But yeah, there's Power some Man. of like yeah. that music is playing quietly all of it's playing very quietly like respectable levels in the background while the devil is wandering around new york City. i can only imagine those were part of arnold's notes like i would never listen to this what is this music no you can leave it in but turn it down yeah yeah so i'm looking here now that you mention it with because you're right yeah there was a ton of 90s uh <laughs> new metal going on here including some of the first music done by the new lineup of Guns N' Roses post Axel. Um, we've got Corn. We've yeah. got Limp Biscuit. Yeah. I remember hearing T Dub's Boy, uh, Rob Zombie, and Power. Yeah, we Man. got Rob. Yeah, Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. We got yeah. The Prodigy. We've got Eminem. Uh, and we do have Power, uh, Power Man 5000. Uh, and we've also got Sugar Cane by Sonic Youth. <laughs> oh, and some Creed. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Can you take oh, that's, me? That's right. Yeah. The original what, script called for the devil to approach Christine <laughs> with arms wide open. Yeah, Scott and, Stapp, what are you up to today? And then he was supposed to quip, "I'll never have a limp biscuit, Christine." All right, hold on, <laughs> I gotta was, get that was the quip. Prepare yourself for my Power Man five thousand. I just remembered my second favorite note that I mentally tried to remember and now it just came back up so good for me um when they bring thomas aquinas down from his non-murderous uh ceiling hanging and yeah he's how was he not he, he's got a, uh, yeah let's <laughs> what? let's let's blase past that but he he's got all the notes carved into his chest and across the the top is uh, someone says what is it uh christ in new york and then as arnold goes out what if it means something different? Christian New York, Christine York. I'm like, fucking come on. Yeah, <laughs> this is a video yeah. game selection of like, what is the right answer? <laughs> it's yeah, it's a word search. We have a DMV database. We can search those names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. But first, best action scene of the movie. I'm going with the mother-in-law fight. <laughs> Okay, I love that, it. I I don't want to piggyback on yours because that is my fucking favorite. Um, it's hard will, to top. I will say that when Arnold just goes full grenade launcher uh, and starts just grenade launching the bejesus out of the devil, I I enjoy that up until the point that he doesn't understand how physics and subway trains may or may not work. <laughs> So he disconnects the one and doesn't understand that it will still run into the other. <laughs> there, there is that. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to disconnect it. <laughs> oh. It doesn't have a braking mechanism, Jackass. It's just going to crash into the one that's crashing into the station. I, I do like that scene. I love uh, <laughs> the practical effects on the human form of the devil. I don't I don't oh, want to take yeah. the I mean my favorite is and I'm pissed that you took the nurse fight because that is my I was dying when she just starts kicking the absolute shit out of, like she shoves a piano into him which would break any mortal's spine but it's Arnold Jeez. so he's okay I, and she clearly 
she clearly has gotten some sort of sweet powers from the devil well that's my question like do the devil worshipers also have increased strength and dexterity and stamina and no because because that whole fight comes to an end by arnold just tossing her ass through a table and then the devil being like you idiot and then just killing her yeah. yeah no i'm pretty sure in this movie the devil's the power broker so yeah that at least while he is interested in them they are given you know superpowers and so he loses interest and it didn't i'm help assuming Udo he, he lets them die. that's for sure no, no. but you know and, and yeah i, I think you, you could easily point action wise to that uh, uh to, to the nurse fight and or that uh, grenade launcher scene I think that might be the biggest sin of this as a pure action flick is that the final conflict doesn't really raise the stakes. It's more of a yeah, because it can't like psychological philosophical yeah. showdown. There's still a little bit of action there. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like a huge set piece to finish the film. It's more about like the psychological aspects of sacrificing himself. So yeah, I think the two yeah. earlier scenes are probably the better action, which again, when you get Arnold for your movie, you need to tweak the script to lean into him. There should have been a bigger set piece to finish it where Arnold does his thing. Even if he sacrifices himself, a la T2, you still need to make it. Yeah, it's got to be more leading up to man. that. Yeah. Because the subway part is so cool. And then it like kind of fizzles a little bit. T-Dubs, I have a question that's going to piggyback your next question, but I don't want to say it first. So let's okay. do. Yeah. Because. Yeah. So. Next question is they shot two endings for the film because the studio really didn't want Arnold to die, which is weird. You cast Arnold in a non-traditional Arnold movie and then insist on on having traditional Arnold rules. So in the alternate one, God resurrects Jericho. Uh, how much worse does that sound? hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's laughably bad to me. I don't think I'd like the movie. I, I think I think you could do an ending like that if you you know lead up to it into the script. You can't just have him resurrected out of the blue at the end, like oh he's redeemed. Well, that it, is it, the Arnold is now a T one thousand moment from Terminator Genesis. Like oh, just kidding, he's not dead. So it, here's exactly yeah. Here's my piggyback question. If we're going to just abandon the rules of this being a very quote unquote serious film and a very Arnold film, how much more do you enjoy it if he somehow just by sheer will casts the devil out of himself and then punches him back in the hell a la Arnold style? Okay, so if he <laughs> casts the devil out of himself, put him in a headlock, snapped his No, neck, what if he casts the devil out of himself, grabs the sword from Gabriel's statue, yeah, okay. stabs the devil? Yeah. If he snaps the devil's neck, though, and then tells the priest, don't bother my friend, he's dead tired. He's dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> then it's would- like the greatest like movie that. ever made so well yeah then clearly arnold gets married to empire records and they start a new life because he's the best and it's an arnold movie <laughs> last question in the usual suspects roger verbal kent quoted keaton as always saying i don't believe in god but i'm afraid of him well i believe in god and the only thing that scares me is kaiser sose so who's scarier kaiser sose or this version of Satan. Now, keep in mind that Kaiser Soze is Kevin Spacey, which is frightening on a number of levels. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not even a question. You, you take the character and the actor uh, yeah. that portrayed him, and then, yes. That yes, is what Kevin, we call... Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Sose, hands down. I can tell you this, though. Kevin Spacey doesn't have gasoline, Pete, not to my knowledge. That is what uh, we call... Are, uh, are you sure? That's what we call source material. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. all right. Spacey. I, 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 I could get behind that. He is... He's a legit very monster, apparently. Frightening individual. I mean, if, I'm not gonna lie to you. If Satan is a, not only a predator, he, well, in this movie, Satan's the predator because he's invisible yeah. and can float around doing whatever. He mm-hmm. is a shapeshifter because he can take the form of people and then do devil shit. And he can go into full devil mode. Like he gets pretty pissed at Arnold when he decides to kill his original uh Kaiser Soze body. Not to mention, he is sort of Kevin Spacey-esque. His whole mission is to assault people. Yeah, and be a creeper. Maybe, maybe the same mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe Kevin Spacey's currently uh, possessed by the devil. <laughs> Aren't we due for another uh, unhinged YouTube video from him and his... Let me be uh, frank. House of Cards characters, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, thing? Please, please don't. You don't need to be frank anymore. You know what you can do? You can be go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what you can be. <laughs> ah, gross. All right. We're going to take another break. We're going to hear from our wrestling buddies over at the Double Turn Podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Satan Rules Trivia Challenge. Also one of my favorite scenes of the movie, which we didn't talk about. But he kills it, punk skateboarder for not recognizing his awesomeness as Satan, but still wearing a Satan t-shirt. Sadly, sadly... Not played by Bill Paxton, then which is my favorite kind him. of punk killed by Arnold. He would have been killed by Satan, the Terminator, the Predator, and an alien. Yep. All right. Nice. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back to the 139th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we have reached the competitive portion of the pod with the Satan Rules Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, we have a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. To chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts or say, you're a fucking quiet boy, or (laughs) a thousand years has ended. The winner of today's quiz will receive the sword Arnold impales himself on to defeat Satan. That's good prize. Very good prize. Are we ready? Yep. Let's do it. It's a $300 hat, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) That might might work its way into our lexicon. I'll see you. I'll see you out there. See you out there, Rick. (laughs) Number one. Jesus. This movie was obviously trounced by audiences and critics, but it was also nominated for multiple Razzie Awards. Which of these was not one of them? Was it A, worst actor for Arnold? Was it B, worst supporting actor for Gabriel Byrne? Was it C, worst actress for Robin Tunney? Or was it D, worst director for Peter Hines? Which one was not one of them? Not one of them. Uh, You're a fucking choir boy. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Silla. 
I'm going to go C, worst actress. It, Robin Tunney was not nominated. You are correct. Yeah. Now, I, 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 Empire Records gets a pass. All right. Yeah. Bonus question. Gabriel Burns lost out to this actor who, oddly enough, only did voice work. This is 1999. 1999. Seems like a Toy Story era. Only did voice work in the role or just in their career? In the role. Was it an animated movie? It was a CGI character in a live action film. Uh, I'm going to go with Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. That's correct. Yeah, it was on the best for sure. <laughs> Poor dude. Like, yeah, mad, mad props to him. He deserves zero amount of the hate. Yeah, the Phantom Menace. All right. Misa wants wow. a Chumzilla to get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Gabriel Byrne workshop, the Misa so horny line, <laughs> but didn't work. Chumpy, I feel like I can claim fifty percent of that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I will share it. It's technically two nothing Chumzilla, but. Maybe we'll just keep it at one nothing. Uh, number two, if one nomination wasn't enough for Gabriel Byrne, he oh, was Jesus. actually nominated as Worst Supporting Actor for two performances. Ironically, oh, the other was as a priest in this movie. Is it A, Stigmata? Is it B, The Prophecy 2? Is it C, The Nameless? Or is it D, The Exorcist, The Beginning? I'm going to oh, choose. Jesus. Mayor McCheese. God damn it! I I can picture him, but I'm. Is it Stigmata? That is correct. Oh, hold on. Oh wow! Oh, damn it! Hold on. Wait, was there that also in '99? Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Wow. That, that, I mean, that yeah, was the, because the, the same only, same thing. So the only reason I yeah. land on that because I've actually seen Stigmata. I don't think I've seen the rest of those movies. And they I was came like, out within a few months of each other. Which is like to the point, like, what the hell was going on in Hollywood? There's like more devil shit. Hey, Ninth when you gate, green light it. <laughs> when you played the devil, you have to take one movie to wash it off playing a priest. Okay. We're technically tied at one to one. Number three, before James Cameron recommended Peter Himes, each of these directors was either offered the project or attached to it, Fuck. except A, Sam Raimi, B, Marcus Nispel. C. Joel Schumacher D. Guillermo del Toro uh, I'm going to shoot Guillermo del Toro Incorrect Fuck. Uh, You know uh, Something about fucking a choir boy uh, I'm going to go with Schumacher That is correct It is Joel wow. Schumacher Holy crap The original director attached to this movie was Marcus Nispel Who's that? Uh, he directed Monan the Barbarian which we did what? on the pod. Jason Momoa, Monan the Barbarian. Oh, oh. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but that was much later. That was much Yeah, it yeah. was much later. But so oh, okay. he got this movie and apparently huh. wrote a 64-page list of his demands of what he needed as the director of the movie. And they're like, That seems excessive. Uh no. See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's very excessive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did the uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw reboot. He did the Friday the 13th reboot. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, so Monan. Well, well, and then and Monan. And then and Raimi had done some. Uh, he did that Drag Me to Hell movie, right? Yeah, that was way later. Again, but, much, you know, late, much later. You know, he, yeah. did the, he did the gift. He, He'd done Oh, horror, the gift, obviously. yeah. I, well, yeah, Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, of course. Huh. All right. Anyway. All right. I'll take yeah. it. So two, two, to, two to one chumps it up. Uh, Three, Number three to one. Thank well, if much. we count the bonus question. Oh, okay, fine. Two to one, whatever. All right. So 
Number four, several high-profile actresses were either attached to this movie or offered the role. Which of these was not one of them? A, Liv Tyler, B, Kate Winslet, or C, Renee Zellweger, whoever the heck that is. <laughs> Joy Lauren Adams. Who the um, fuck is Renee Zellweger? <laughs> uh, I'm going to shoot. I, I want to say, say Kate Winslet. Incorrect. She dropped oh, out. She actually had the role. No kidding. Damn. So it's Liv Tyler and who the fuck is Renee Zellweger to me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Fuck, I I really want to say Renee Zellweger. I think it's wrong, but I'm going to say it. Renee Zellweger. Correct. We're tied two to two. I was getting serious. Number five, End of Days was actually the 15th highest grossing movie of 1999 worldwide. Now, of course, there's a a substantial gap between it and number one, which was The Phantom Menace. But which of these movies did it surprisingly beat? Is it A, Wild Wild West? (laughs) Is it B, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me? Is it C, The Blair Witch Project? Or is it D, Stort Little? I'm going to shoot. I'm going to say it beat out The Blair Witch Project. Incorrect. Blair Witch Project Damn. made $246.6 million on a budget of 30000 Or is it three hundred? dollars Of nothing. Yeah, it's a budget of nothing. Budget of nothing. <laughs> I think it's the... Uh, I think it's still the highest like percentage. Yeah. Well, I see, and I kind of knew that, so I was thinking like I knew it made a lot of money for nothing. Something maybe it didn't make a ton of money, but okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. So what are my uh, what are my other your, choices? Your remaining options are A. Wild Wild West, B. Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me, or D. Stort Little. This movie made more money than one of those movies. Yep. Fuck. Um, Stuart Little. Incorrect. Fuck. That made $300.1 million. What? Wild Wild West made $222.1 million, And Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, made $206.7 million. I thought, this, I thought Austin wow. Powers made shitloads. I, I, so you're telling... First off, what you're telling me is that Wild Wild West grossed more than Austin Powers. Yep. And that also, end of days grossed more than Austin Powers. Wow! Yeah. And they both cost wow. substantially more. Like Wild Wild West cost like what two hundred million dollars? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it didn't it didn't actually make any money? How yeah, much does okay. Stuart Little cost? Probably not a lot because it's uh, like a really small movie. Yeah, with yeah same CGI. here. Hold on. God damn it! So now we're tied, TJ. You got to come up with another question. Okay, well that's gonna be tough. Stuart Little, nineteen ninety nine cost. Survey says $133 million was its budget. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Well, what do you, you know, spend CG- that much money on? CGI is expensive. I guess in 1999. Oh, and, and they had to get Alan Silvestri for the uh, soundtrack. So, well, that's, yeah. It's a movie about. Wait, a hold, on, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I have additional questions now. <laughs> Credited for the screenplay. Is one M Night Shyamalan? Oh, for Stuart Little? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Believe, yeah, I believe he wrote that. That's the wow. big twist. That is the big twist. <laughs> Stuart Little is in fact a ghost. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> House is in that too. Yeah, 
All right, T Dubs, move on. We don't need a winner. Me and me and Chumpzilla. We'll, I can, split, we'll the sword. split the sword. We'll take hold alternating on. weekends. He can hold it while I fall onto it. <laughs> yeah, wait. So let's break the tie. Over the course of his career, Arnold's movies made four billion dollars worldwide. Mm. 1.7 billion of that came within the United States. What was the average per film? In U.S. box office gross, closest answer gets it. So the average per film of every film just in the U.S. Yep, two hundred and twenty-five million. As fuck, I was gonna say two hundred million, but now I gotta. I'm gonna I'm one hundred and fifty million. Uh, Chump Chumzel loses. It was sixty-seven million per film. That's the oh, average. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I- how many uh, movies I, did he make? Yes, that makes sense. Oh, he's close to like 30 or so. No, okay. Uh, so you're the winner. You've got the sword. Of yes. The sword that Arnold impaled himself on, complete with Arnold's lower intestine. Come in. Let's get to recommendations. Yeah, you, you get that sigmoid colon. Do it. Yeah. What do you have on tap for us this week, Chumpzilla? Wait, it's uh, the holiday season, and I don't think I've recommended this yet, uh, but I, I did when I was hanging out with the Hot Nation USA guys. If you haven't seen it, take your time to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, Christ. It, yep. No, I, I, won't, I won't get on my soapbox here, but it's oh, a great Christmas we got movie. it. Jump Zill is going to cry, everyone. He's, I'm gonna he's, cry. he's actually I'm crying cry. now, listeners. I am. Um, it's free to stream uh, on multiple services, I'm sure. Don't watch the colorized version. Watch the black and white. You don't want to see the colorized version. It's not good. <laughs> well, but watch it. It's Frank Capra's American classic starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Um, and you'll never hate a movie villain more than Lionel Barrymore's Mr. Potter. Um, yeah, yeah. If you've not seen it, it's not a movie to, to, uh, to, to die not seeing. You got to watch it. It's it's worth the three hours or two and a half, whatever it takes. It's like two twenty. It's not even that long. It's very long. long. It feels long. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it's an old movie. Check it out. Um, old movies are cool, listeners. It's okay. It is. It is cool. It. It. it I mean, I put. I mean, it's not maybe as significant cinematically as Citizen Kane, but it's one of those movies everybody should see before they die. Just know the, that. Uh, uh, Chumpzilla's heart is as soft as Udo Kier's head. This so. is true. <laughs> He's a big softie. I'm going to play uh, yeah. the end of days devil advocate and say that we watched it on the pod a year ago and I literally don't remember. Two years ago. At all. I think it was two years ago. Was it two years ago? No, it was a year ago. Was it last year? Last yeah. year we did that, yeah. Time, I do not remember it now. other than thinking about how Pottersville was cool. Pottersville was pretty bitching. That and here, I'll, 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 uh, I will get on my soapbox here for a second. The, <laughs> there, there is something in this movie I saw twinning, uh, twinning. I saw trending on Twitter, and people were saying how the fact that George Bailey, that's uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, says that you know how hard it is for a working man to save five thousand dollars really hasn't changed much. It hasn't really aged since nineteen, uh, whenever this movie came out. Uh, the point being, yeah, yeah, it's still hard to say $5,000 even now. Uh, but what has aged relatively poorly, though, is that when you go back to that darkest timeline and you do get to visit Pottersville, which is bitching, is that you're basically told in film language that you know you're in the darkest timeline because Donna Reed has a job. She has a job and is single at 26. The horror. 
the horror that a woman not be a baby factory by 26 and, is, and has a job. Like that is kind of funny. And of course, you know, she's got her hair up and, and glasses. So you know that Donna Reed's not hot anymore. It's pretty yeah, it funny. Speaks- I think it speaks more to our country being a shithole than anything. Well, uh, yeah, no, I just, just you know, just like how that—that's how they portray the darkest timeline. Hey, look how terrible things are. Donna Reed has a job. Woo-hoo-hoo. Okay, yeah, it was nineteen forty-six, by the way. Uh, yeah, forty-six. Yeah, sorry, Mayor McCheese. What's your recommendation? Uh, I have two. I, I'll do my easy one first. If you're going to watch a devil movie from around this time frame, watch Constantine with Keanu because it's way better. Um, <laughs> but since I missed last week's podcast, listener, if you actually like listening to the pod and want some good uh, inside dimp, hit me up on the social because T Dubs conveniently left out all of his good video game stories, like. When he destroyed his Sega Saturn, when he destroyed Gary the GameCube, when he threw NHL 97 into his yard because he gave up seven goals to the Detroit Red Wings. These are all stories that I, I, the Mayor McCheese, own and will live with forever because T-Dubs sucks at video games. I don't suck at video games. I'm very good at them. Why did you break Gary the GameCube in college? Why did we have to bury Gary? I, because you were so bad at Mario Baseball? Because uh, well, somebody was like, drink the whole bottle of Hennessy and then play some <laughs> Mario Baseball. And then lose to Mayor McCheese in Mario Baseball. Uh, you're a wheelhouse. Dude, you were such a cheat. <laughs> spoiler, that person was, in fact, the Thunderous Wizard. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, me and Chumzilla buried Gary in the backyard and then Chumzilla bought a new one and He's... backcharged T-dubs for the cost listen gary's still there resting peacefully yeah he's fine uh my recommendations i have a couple actually my first is a joke recommendation it's another terrible arnold movie called the sixth day which is sort of like a crappier version of total recall it's about cloning people it's futuristic it's not very good it was directed by roger spottiswood of stop her my mom will shoot fame Oh wow! Yeah, I bought it for five dollars on Amazon the other day. Bob, <laughs> uh, I I did, you know, I I could watch any Arnold movie now and like it. And one of my sons was running around saying he was Arnold number two because there are two Arnolds in the movie. So for that reason alone, I enjoyed it. My actual recommendation is No Man of God, which is a dramatized version of the FBI profiler who interviewed Ted Bundy over the course of five years and basically was building a criminal profile on Bundy's behavior. Uh, Elijah Woods in it as the profiler, uh, Hagmeyer. I forget the guy's name who plays Ted Bundy. I had never really seen him in anything. How is it not Zach Efron? Well, he is Ted Bundy in the movie. Zach Gaskapanaski? Yeah, yeah. So Ted Bundy is played by this guy, Luke Kirby, who I haven't really seen in a whole huh. lot, but he's been in a number of things. And I rented it five bucks. I thought it was really well acted. It's a very small movie because it's essentially just them for most of the movie. Now, uh, the T-1000, Robert Patrick's in it, is head of the FBI. There's a couple other people in it, but really it's just them in a room. And it's a really well acted and well written movie. I thought it was good. And especially, I mean, watch the Bundy tapes on Netflix. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, I guess if you want to see some serial killing. 
Well, Ted Bundy was so vain. Like he was, he thought he was so smart. Like he carried on these like ridiculous charades for so long. He even defended himself in court. It's like, it's really interesting. I mean, I guess I'm saying, please don't wear me as a skin suit. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> so remember you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at hops and bio flops. You can find myself on Twitter at writer TLK. You can find Mary McCheese at HBOF McCheese on Twitter and Chumpzilla at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com or at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, we can't prevent evil by doing evil. Those are the wise words of Father Kovac. And last reminder, this is it. Don't forget to send us your Christmas stories chronicling the toy you cherished the most as a child by messaging Hops and B.O. Flops on our social media, one of them. Uh, the funniest, best tale of Christmas thrill or heartbreak will earn a genuine Turbo Man action figure uh, from the Christmas classic Jingle All the Way. Do we, so, have a, do we have a movie for next week or what? We, we do. We're headed into season four, which is hard to believe. Like Wow. Uh, and we'll see you post-New Year. We're going to kick that season off with The Matrix Resurrections as part of our HBO Max series. Uh, then we're gonna, watch that? Have you watched that? Is there any early games? reviews on that or not? Uh, it's like a 66%, which... Honestly, that's way better than the other Matrix sequels, but I'm really excited to see it because oh. from what I've read, it's basically Lana Wachowski telling WB to go F themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, I, I'm like 30 minutes into it and I, I, I am struggling. Okay, well, it'll be interesting. It's, My, it's not terrible, but like it's uh, it leans heavy into what I would say is soft reboot territory. Okay, yeah. And my wife, reboot of like one, two, or three. One. Mostly one. Yeah. And it and you you get a lot of um flashbacks, I want to say. I've, so I've I, seen I, that. I yeah. yeah, I'm only 30 minutes into it, so I'm interested to see where it goes, but it's not a super strong start. Like I'm not like gripped by it. Like that's why I didn't finish it. I'm like, I can come back to this later. So yeah, we'll see it, how it goes. Give it some time. I, yeah, I'll tell see you how it goes. My wife had never seen the Matrix. So we watched the original. I think it holds up fairly well. The visuals definitely hold up very well. Um, yeah. It's hard for me to believe how much of the Matrix was shot on green screen and still looks so good. And then I watch shit like Shang-Chi and I'm like, oh, God damn it. This looks like crap. It looks like utter yeah. crap. So uh, the Wachowskis were visionaries. I'm excited just to see what they were able to do. It's not good. It's not good. I didn't like the sequels at all at the time. I started hate, reloading the other two. day. I was not a big fan of three. I hate three. I remember really hating three, mainly because of the Jesus allegory nonsense. Yeah. But I, I'm rewatching two now. So I'll, I'm kind of, I'm excited. Like it's yeah, we'll see the Matrix for whether you really like it or you don't or whatever you think about the sequels, it changed cinema like in a good way. Like they yeah, did something yeah. that was groundbreaking. So it, it, it's pretty interesting because you, you look at those first two movies, especially, and you go back and you rewatch them, and it just reminds you of how many other movies have spoofed or ripped off or paid homage it's to insane. the action pieces in those. Like, oh, I forgot that was from The Matrix. Like, it's oh, insane. no kidding. You yeah. don't think Zack Snyder took uh, 
uh, a little bit of uh, inspiration from what uh, the Wachowskis were doing with the slow motion and this, that, and the other. Like he definitely <clears throat> did. I will no say, I will say, one of my favorites because it still randomly pops up on Reddit is the outtake where they're doing the office shootout, the big office shootout, and they're blowing up that column, and Keanu is supposed to run around the corner. And he trips on like the first take and just falls on his ass. Because <laughs> I had to call, I mean, literally that whole thing had to cost more than the three of us could make in several years. And they're like, fuck, all right, cut. All right, okay. Rebuild all this go, shit. Go back, go back. Yeah. Oops. All right. So, what? yeah, we'll see you next week to discuss the Matrix. It'll be uh... reloaded. No resurrected resurrected yeah. revolutionized retreaded yeah so you know there's that i'm excited and then after that it's hops and hometown flops which is movies yes based or shot in our hometowns which will be really cool because we have some good ideas <laughs>